Well, we're thankful. Um, you know, that was a wild finish, and just um, Justin didn't have a good enough car to outrun them guys, but it all, you know, got messy at the end, and we come out on the good end of it. And and when those things happen, uh, there will be a lot of people that, that are unhappy, and one guy that is, or maybe two, but uh, and we've been on both ends of it. Justin said that in the post-race comments that he's – certainly experienced the frustrating sides of these things and you know it's a uh, Martinsville in the playoffs and it's an elimina elimination race short track racing uh, I said it at the start of the race it you know it's lightning in a bottle putting this race as an el elimination event and um, I don't know that you can do anything to avoid having those type of finishes when there's so much at stake and everybody's within reach of each other physically on the racetrack. So um, it worked as designed, you know, in terms of um, creating a lot of drama and, and conversation around what happened on the racetrack. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. How do you keep it together <laughs> when you you see where Justin is before that restart? And, and you know, you're hearing some of the same audio we are. And, and you know, Eddie's cracking the whip. Jim Pullman's saying, you know, yeah. I mean, they're they're just. I mean, what's going through? What's your range of emotions? Because you're trying to keep your shit together. Yeah, one of the crew chiefs that we interviewed at the end of the race or before the end of the race said it best. He's like, I could tell, I could think of a seven different scenarios on what might happen on this next restart, and I'll probably still be wrong. And so, you know, when you're sitting there with a car like Justin's, um, a, a couple points out, it doesn't look promising. Um, you can't really assume anything, and, and you can't hope for the best. You can't assume the worst. You just kind of got to wait and watch um, what happens. And so it's, uh, it's kind of like sitting at the roulette wheel in Vegas. You know, you put your chips out there on the numbers that you hope are going to hit, and you watch that ball, and it's either going to land on your number or it ain't. That's kind of the way it is on those final few laps there. And it's pretty messy, you know, but um, – it, uh, you know, J Justin's got a clock, and we got a shot to go race for a championship. So, uh, the, the, you know, the emotion that you have is just being thankful that you, you know, you came out on the good end of it and you get a chance to try to finish. I, I would say if it was any other driver, you would have different emotions, but it's Justin, and we, me and him have had some really, you know, tough moments on pit road after Phoenix the last couple of years. Um, and he's not made it any secret that he's wants to win a championship, and we brought Jim in to try to help him achieve that, and he has who knows how many opportunities left uh, to try to do that. I think he, if he wanted, he'd probably race another five years and be great, um, but we all know that, you know that 41 to 43 age is where you know, a lot of guys seem to sort of lose that whatever it is, that eliteness that makes them great. But, um, you know, so he's – we're trying to make it happen. Hopefully this is our year. All right, we're going to go to Bob. Bob Hockris, Fox Sports. Um, if you were in charge of RCR, <laughs> how do you handle that? Or did, did you view anything of that as over the line or when you're racing for – to get in is – <laughs> is there really almost no line in those situations? 
Yeah, I don't know what you do. You know, <clears throat> I was sitting there thinking about that, talking about that in those final handful of laps. You got two sets of teammates sitting there with Gibbs and RCR, and you've got, um, you know, arguably two or three of those guys out of that group that have to win. And um, what do you expect them to do, right? Um, I can understand anybody – I can understand Richard or Austin – um, or Creed's frustration, but I'm you know they they are doing what they have to do to win, and um, it's tough. You know it's hard to it's it, it's the 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 playoffs and the elimination races and everything puts us in those situations that we've never been in before with teammates. And you know you're you're you got a car capable of winning the race, but your teammate needs this, and he and another one needs that, and you can't really go out and just have an objective of your own, an agenda of your own, and it's uh it's um it's it's not unfortunate is not the right word, but it just puts us in unique situations now that we never really watched people experience or been a part of before, and I wouldn't have wanted to be Richard at the end of that deal, and I certainly wouldn't have wanted him. I guess when it's getting ready to have that restart, I didn't envy his position, and I certainly don't envy it now. Um, but I listened to Creed's post-race interview, and I can't argue with anything he said. You know, he moved him. We all know that short tracks, you know, using the bumper to move people out of the way is pretty much fair game. He 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 allowed Austin a chance to race. Um, he didn't send him into the wall. He didn't knock him back to sixth. Um, he just got him up off the bottom, and both of those guys did a little bit of that all night, you know. Uh, I didn't see anything just obviously blatant or, 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 man, that's totally uncalled for. I didn't see really any of that. But you're not going to have that go on and not be frustrated either way. So, you know, you got a guy leaving. There's some dynamics there that are – their feelings are hurt or what have you. Um and Creed, you know, with Creed moving on, or Richard Childress and them moving on from Creed, however you want to look at it. So, and you got a driver in Austin Hill that they really believe in and want him to be part of their long-term future, you know. And Austin Hill, I talked to him on my podcast this week. He talked about how he was so frustrated so many times he was going to go to Martinsville and wasn't going to allow that to happen again. And he, and he, uh, you know, and and that goes down. So, um, tough situation for them to be in, and and. When you rate, uh, I said th I'll say this, and this was certainly something I experienced earlier in the year. When you put fast race cars on the racetrack, they're going to run up front and they're going to run into each other. And we got young guys out there trying to make a name for themselves. They're not veterans. They're not old teammates that have been buddies for 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 decades. Um, they're young guys that don't really know each other that well, and they don't have an, they don't have a loyalty to each other. And that's what the Xfinity Series and Truck Series is about. You got these guys that come in and out of these cars in, in, in brief periods. And and so, yeah, they're going to bounce into each other and piss each other, piss each other off. And you're going to have conversations on Mondays and Tuesdays that aren't fun to try to keep it going in the right direction. And um, that's just part of it. All right. Our next question will go to Matt Weaver. Matt Weaver here in the back, uh, sportsnot.com. Dell, um, aside from your you know, selfish personal investment in the team and the excitement for Justin and the organization, 
How how important is it for the sport and NASCAR to have a race like this? Because on one hand, some people will say, well, that's disrespectful racing and it's immature or whatever. And then some people say it's dramatic, it's awesome. Where, where do you kind of land on those two dueling philosophies? Well, if you're... Um if you own the winning car, it's a lot easier to take, you know, what you saw. Um, if I was wadded up and unable to cross the finish line, I would be very disheartened by what I saw. So it just depends on who you are and what your experience was. I don't any, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see that style of finish every week, right? Um, but you have to understand, like, th- this is when they make the playoffs, when I'm when they choose the races that are going to be in the rounds. It's made to create these moments. Um, and so it's – it's they picked Martinsville um, to be an elimination race to go to a, the, the next race is the championship. Martinsville ain't in round one, round two. It's here for a reason. It's at this race right now for a reason. Um, Daytona is a – you know, final for the regular season. That was a that was an intentional decision to put that race there, right? To create moments and create drama and make these drivers put the you know do uncomfortable things, you know. And that's I mean that's kind of the it's frustrating sometimes because your driver ends up on the bad end of a deal or or we have an ugly crash across the finish line like tonight. Nobody wants to see all these cars crashing like that. But um, I don't know. You know, I <clears throat> we could have ran that ten times and had different endings, you know, and maybe not quite as, you know, quite as crash-filled there. But uh, I don't think it always ends this way. But um, I don't know. I, I – as a broadcaster and as a fan, I want to see the drivers in very uncomfortable situations, and I want to see their morals tested. And then to that point, how important is it that we get the the, the cup product here to resemble more what we saw today? Well, we don't never, you know, I mean, I think that NASCAR is working hard. Uh, I said it today on the on the practice qualifying show man i i applaud them to be able to get this tire here and and choose to do this at a very critical moment right a lot of times when it's this far into the into the season and there's so much on the line a different tire or kind of a make any kind of a change rule wise is really shelved till next year right but they saw the urgency that um everybody's been asking for and begging for on the short track program. It's got to get better. It cannot be what we've had over the last couple of years. They know that. They went to Richmond. They tried hard with a lot of really, really good ideas that they thought would bear fruit that didn't. And But what they did hear from the drivers, they put into play. you know. And all we've been told, all that I hear is, you know, even if we do find the answer, the to be able to be able to get those parts and pieces to everybody takes this long process, right? So even if we do know what we need to do, it may not get implemented for another six months or twelve months. And so, thank you for Goodyear and NASCAR for being able to try a tire that might be better. We don't really know till tomorrow, but watching practice and qualifying, how much it was rubbering the track in, 
I think that's a good thing. I want to believe that's a better thing than what we've had. The 3,000-mile tire is certainly not the answer. And so, you know, you want that thing to wear out. You want it to rubber up the track, and you want the track to to have all kinds of marbles and, and it gets slimy. And, and Blaney said it on his interview. He's like, I hope the track widens out because that gives him opportunity starting where he is to pass. You know, with the tire we've had, it's been right on the bottom, can't pass anybody. But if this track kind of widens out, you might be able to arc that entry to one and drive across the racetrack and drive up underneath somebody off the corner, something we haven't seen here in a while since um, the next gen came around. So hopefully the tire is a, is a part of the prop process of improving the short track racing. And, um, you know, Goodyear has always been really hesitant to get aggressive or do anything sort of risky with their product since uh, we had the thing at Indy. I get it. They don't. They don't want to have problems on the racetrack because it's hard to sell tires to customers on the street. But um, thank you for the efforts they've had to try to improve things, even if it doesn't work. I thank them for trying. All right, we're going to come up front to Deb Williams. Get a microphone right here, please. Thank you, Deb Williams, Auto Week. Um, Dale, in 1993, when Ned Jarrett was in the the broadcast booth and they had him call the finish between your dad and Dale Jarrett and he apologized to your dad a week later yeah. you know and his dad you know what he said have they ever uh, has NBC ever wanted to throw it to you when your drivers are in contention for the win and how would you handle that if they did they um they don't really direct us to they don't really call and say you go you know it's your we want you to talk about this um, and I probably won't do next week's race, obviously, for good, for good reason, right? I didn't do it last year, and, and I almost asked out of this race today, but I, I went to Tony Jr.'s wedding last night, so I asked out of the practice for Xfinity, and I felt bad asking out for two things. <laughs> so um, I went ahead and, and, and worked this race, and you just hope that nothing happens that puts put you in a – uncomfortable situation and you hope that you don't do something or say something that the viewer would find you know odd or or you know they want a biased or or they they want an unbiased opinion when they're you know with who's calling the event and i i imagine that maybe it's not optimal that i'm in there in the xfinity races considering i own race cars on the racetrack but i work really hard to try my best to call it straight you know, um, and I get excited about what I'm seeing. Austin Hill taking the lead. It's hard not to like, the, you know, it's hard not to like what you're seeing when you're seeing a good race, no matter who it is, even though you've got a car out there trying to work his way into the points as well. But after talking to Austin on the podcast and knowing how important this was to him and how he had had these sort of failures in this moment in the past, he goes into the lead. I'm like about to see this guy do what he really wants to do. And that's exciting for me as a fan. So I found it very easy to turn into a fan when I walk into that booth. And I can easily strip away the 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 want the the urgency and and the want to that I have for my own teams. It's just easy for me to to not have that in those moments. Now when I get out of the booth, I'm gonna go down to the pit road, I'm gonna shake Justin's hand, I'm gonna give him a hug, I'm gonna tell him next week we're not gonna be standing on pit road crying after the race at Phoenix. <laughs> we're gonna go there and try to win a championship. And I'm gonna, you know, tell Sam Mayer that he's 
you know, he's the favorite, not the not the underdog. But when I'm working, it's easy for me to not have that emotion, you know. But luckily, um, you know, we got a lot of freedom up there. I'm thankful for that. NBC doesn't really um, puppeteer us in that sense. 